It's the final episode of the season. Yay. So, how are you feeling, Martha? You know, Anjali, it's really been a roller coaster. But I really learned a lot from this experience, especially from our guests. And I really hope our listeners did as well. Yeah, it's been a ride. But I'm excited to get to know more about today's guests. Hi, I'm Anjali. And I'm Martha. And welcome to Public Health on Duty, where we talk to some of the most inspiring young minds in the Philippine public health system. Join us as we talk to our guests about their stories, learn about their career journey, and chat about their wins and everyday challenges. So who do we have today, Martha? We have Dr. Fonsi Regala, the Chief of the Program Implementation and Outreach Division of the Department of Health, Health Promotion Bureau. Welcome to Public Health on Duty, Fonsi. Yes, welcome to the show. We're so glad you can make it. So, um, could you introduce yourself to us? Maybe your pronouns, what you took up in school, and a little more of what you do now? Sige. So, uh, magandang hapon ulit sa lahat. Ako si Alfonso Regal. You can call me Fonsi. So, college, no? Uh, I took up health sciences, minored in health and development. Then after that, went straight to med proper for five years. And after graduation from med school, went to Northern Samar. Ooh. Tapos, but not as DTTB. Mm-hmm. I went there, just started out to help sa hospital. Mm-hmm. Eventually, took up more managerial roles in the hospital and then in the province. Then went back 2020, sakto, uh, pandemic, then joined DOH. Oh, I see. So your hospital experience was really on the public health side. Um, I guess it's a mix. Because primary role ko don clinician. Eh. Mm. So, syempre, you look, you'll see patients ganyan. and then after a while, no, I think on my second to third year, I took up more managerial roles. So eventually becoming uh, chief of hospital. Ooh. Tapos, yung mga health board work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I had to link the public health side. Uh, actually, mas lumabas doon when I was part of the provincial health board. Kasi right. I needed to parang assess what were the problems in the coordination work and then try to find solutions. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, essentially, you were talking to the provincial health officers na, the local health officers. Interesting. So, oh, kamusta naman yun? What was that type of work like? Um, mahirap. <laughs> <laughs> Pero, dun lumalabas kasi yung, alam mo yung first few years ko doon sa hospital na common narrative. Kulang doktor, kulang gamit, kulang gamot. Mm. And mapipilitan ka na to work with the best with what you have, eh, no? Diba? Uh, pero, yung ma-realize mo na with the limited resources, um, operational efficiency can only do so much right. in terms of the clinical. Right. So, kaya rin kami nag, nag-expand uh, doon sa more of the coordination work within the health system ng no, mm-hmm. no probinsya. Kasi, kahit 100% efficient tayo kung ganito ka limited yung resources. 
it's not gonna work. Right. So, kaya siya mahirap because it takes time. Why does it take time? Um, usually, you, people come in, no? Uh, madalas darating tayo sa isang community. We have this idea na ito dapat yung ginagawa ng head system. No? Yeah. At hindi siya up to that part. I see. Merong misconception na kailangan natin sila dalhin doon. Mm. But, uh, it takes time kasi you have to come in na uh, accepting na there is an existing health system right. mm-hmm. and the solutions. Actually, even the problem uh, assessment has to come from them. There has to be consensus building within all the stakeholders right. mm-hmm. for that to happen. The recognition that, okay, it's not working as we wanted. Yeah. What can we do? But those things have to come from them. You facilitate that. Right. You can't impose sa kanila. So the, the public health part works difficult because it takes time to facilitate that process. Right. Number two, mahirap siya because once you undergo that process with them, you will realize na the bureaucracy is complicated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So meron ko yung solution, then ang daming roadblock kung bakit hindi nyo siya magawa. Uh-oh. So it's not uh, to say na the bureaucracy impedes the progress. The bureaucracy is there for a purpose. Eh. And yeah. we've seen how the bureaucracy can help facilitate uh, positive changes. But when we say that the bureaucracy is complicated, um, it, the process takes too many steps when it could be reduced. I can imagine, diba, when a lot of health reforms, kailangan may mga resolutions, yeah. diba? And parang we've seen nga during the pandemic, diba, parang may mga naririnig tayong issues in the DOH na kasi ang tagal nung pag-convene ng local health board, diba? Tapos, pag nandun ka na, kailangan mag-build ka pa ng consensus, diba? Kailangan mag-agree yung buong board, diba? And then the actual resolution will just you know, be released. So, parang ang tagal din talaga ng mga changes. Especially since a lot of the problems are hinged on big systemic reforms. Yeah, true. So, the problems are complex, but the solutions need not be complicated. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I really like what you mentioned about you really need to involve the grassroots. Kasi, if a uh, health service or if a uh, reform isn't acceptable for the people, parang lahat din ng efforts, di ba, na pinor into nyo, parang ma-waste siya. Kasi kung ayaw naman din siya nung mismong beneficiaries, parang hmm, mahirap din yung uptake. Eh. Or you really can't force them to subscribe into something that they, di ba, they are having a hard time getting into or something that, that isn't appealing to them. Yeah, true. So, so, ito anecdote from Samar. Uh, Siyempre, darating ka din bagong graduate. Mm-hmm. Tapos sino ba itong mga bagong doktor na to saying now how we've done things is the wrong way Mm-mm. of doing things. Mm-hmm. No? Tapos, um, I was curious then, no? I was asking the, the staff sa hospitals um, about bakit ganun yung situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sabi nila, kasi waray kami, dok. Sabi ko, sabihin nun. <laughs> kasi waray kami. Waray kasi in the vernacular, parang means nothing. Wala. So, sobrang sanay na sila of uh, 
parang progress not happening. Oh no. Okay, so, kunyari, uh, sige dok, nagbe-brainstorm tayo dito. Okay yan, kinukuha mo yung mga opinion namin kung paano natin ayusin yung problema. Mm-hmm. Pero, mangyayari ba tong mga solusyon pinagdidiskusyon na natin? Mm-hmm. Papapondohan ba ito ng, ng gobyerno? Yeah. So, ang tagal bago ko maku- nakuha na, okay, um, if you have a solution that we've planned together, I'll try my best na mapush siya sa decision makers so that it can be funded. Mm-mm. Parang, I think that whole process took at least three years. Oh Pero oh. Yung, yung idea na uh, sanay na sila with whatever um, they receive right now. Parang instead of aspiring for what it should be, Mm-mm. let's just work with what we have. Parang may, may ganong mindset. I mean, oh. I think that's it's not just in Northern Summer. I think yeah. it's also what's happening in other uh, provinces. Mm. But I'm curious. Was there ever a time na na-feel mong, ah, we hit a breakthrough dito sa summer? Yeah, the first one was, literally, nagkaroon ng supplies. Mm. So, yung common story, galing sa isla yung pasyente mo, sasanla nila yung baboy nila para makapagbayad ng bangka na magtatawid sa kanila sa isla nila mm-hmm. papunta sa ospital namin. Pagdating nila sa ospital namin, syempre ang mindset nila, okay na tayo, maliligtas na ako kasi mm-hmm. nasa ospital na ako. ER. Mm-hmm. ER ka, tingnan mo, tapos magpaprescribe ka ng re-reseta ka ng mga gagamitin. No? Yung reseta mo, may 10 items. Lima lang meron sa ospital. Yung lima, mm-hmm. sorry mami, pakibili to sa labas kasi wala na tayo. Mm-hmm. Bus na yan. So, Nung yung first reform namin really was to change, improve yung, ano, yung data management mm-hmm. ng hospital para better yung projection ng supplies. And if it's projected better, we can plan the procurement no matter how long mm-hmm. it takes. So matagal siya na process, but when it first happened, yung concrete milestone was pag magpunta ka sa ER namin, wala kang bibilin sa labas. Oh wow, Uh-oh. that's great. Oo. Tapos, alam mo yun, parang sa mind nung, nung staff, walang nag-excel dun eh. Ayaw nila. <laughs> <laughs> so ako parang pinilit ko, hindi, kailangan nyo to aral, aralin mm-hmm. natin to kasi mm-hmm. pag maganda to, mapupuno yung yung pharmacy natin, wala na tayong pabibilin sa labas. Pero, paano ka napunta from working in Northern Samar, all the way to the Department of Health. Oh, um, so the plan in in Northern Samar was um, our hospital, because it was downgraded from a level one hospital to an infirmary. Oh, but it had the infra. Mm-hmm. Na, na, na ng doctor. Oh, walang staff complement mm-hmm. So when we arrived. The initial goal was ibalik mm-hmm. to level 1. Kasi strategic siya na it had saved me 44 kilometers for the next nearest facility that has surgical capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, initially, the plan was parang two years. Tignan natin kasi 
parang after med school, MDMBA eh. Mm-hmm. Meron ka ng template nung <laughs> 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 ano yung uh, strategic plan for it. Pero ayun nga, um, we had to scratch or reorganize re- the plan na kasama sila. So, um, eventually took me four years. But during those four years kasi it entailed a lot of uh, time away from family. Mm. So, I wouldn't want to call it sacrifice kasi pinasok. Alam ko eh, coming in the first year na may usapan, nag-uusap kami, tatlo lang kami when we came in first eh. Mm-hmm. So sabi ko, if, if mag-isa ba tayo, if solo ka, itutuloy natin to. Parang dun sa amin tatlo, ako lang nagsabi na, oo, oh, tutuloy natin to. Pero at least, klaro yung expectation. Mm-hmm. So, na-extend ng na-extend until four years. Um, it was four years na I felt somewhat yung mga kabatch ko, Sir Jonah, yung mga kabatch ko na nag-public health, tapos na yung degrees abroad. So, in a way, parang feeling ko, napag-iwanan ba ako? Parang, what have I got to show for experience? Maraming mentor natin sinasabi na, you will learn more valuable things with actual experience. Mm-hmm. But when you hire people, parang, kailan ba lalabas yung experience na yun? <laughs> sa interview na. Yeah. <laughs> Pero dun sa file ng papers, di ba? Yeah. Wala siya eh. Uh, so, um, I realized na it was not sustainable yung mm-hmm. that kind of commitment on my end. And I was away from family as well. Mm-hmm. So, I had to come home. 2020 for to continue yung kung ano man yung nasimulan sa Northern Summer. So, because now we're talking about your experience in the DOH, no? You started when ulit, Fonzie, in the DOH? March. March 20... 20. 2020. So, <laughs> oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pagpatak ng lockdown, ng unang lockdown, pumasok ka ng DOH. So, and you were already assigned as chief of the Program Implementation and Outreach Division, right? Yes, that was the plan. Okay, so, yeah. So, during that height of the pandemic, what was it like working during that time? And what were some of the things you were spearheading? Mm-mm. It was very hectic, exhausting really. Uh, both physically, tapos mentally. Because mm-hmm. like I said, we had to deal with complex problems. But we had to reduce the complications, the complicatedness of the solutions. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the things that we did um, were, of course, our, our healthy settings work, yung mga playbooks natin for health promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, what was the concrete output of, of that? No? Uh-huh. Back then, 2020, the first playbook that was completed was for active transport. Right. Mm. Oo, kasi during that time, di ba? Para Walang every, masakyan. Oo. Oh, oh. So ako mismo napabili akong bike kasi <laughs> kahit ayoko mag-active transport. <laughs> kasi kailangan ako pumasok. So, um, essentially, the settings work uh, focuses on number one, what would keep Filipinos healthy? But number two, how do we make those behaviors um, easier to do. Right. Uh-oh. I have a question though. So, the playbook on active transport was really born out of the need ng pandemia? Yeah, parang we had, an, we had this, uh, we knew that 
for health promotion, you had to have a framework strategy, di ba? Uh-huh. Pero we were also um, aware na at that time that we're drafting it, we needed services that uh-huh. must be fed now. Right. Yeah. Di ba? So, I think the first step then was what would be the priority areas for health promotion? And it, it included diet and physical activity. Mm-hmm. And then we had to rush that physical activity intervention. Now, if you want to design physical activity, pwede naman magpa-zumba ka sa mga nanay sa community. <laughs> Pero ano mayon? if you design it in the everyday of Filipinos who go to work, diba? who travel, then that decision would be more instinctive. Mm-mm. And if it's easier to do, if it's cheaper to do, they will do it. Right, right. Um, I'm curious though, um, regarding yung mga playbooks na ginagawa nyo, sino yung intended audience nitong mga to? And what are some of the things na, what are the concrete things no, na lumabas from these playbooks? Particularly yon yung sa active transport. Sige. So the intended audience of the playbooks are local government units. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we want kasi that they own the initiative to make their community Self-promoting. Right. Okay. So while we do have the services traditionally sa ating mga health facilities, the playbook focuses on what happens outside of these facilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we actually make people do the healthy behavior even before they get sick? Right. Okay. So first concrete active transport for exercise. We want people to exercise. Can they bike to work? Right. Okay. Um, ano pa yung others? Uh, for nutrition, we had Karinderia uh, para sa Healthy Pilipinas. So essentially, mm-hmm. si Karinderia, ang, ang konsepto niya, the intervention is on two levels. Mm-hmm. The intervention was, number one, gusto natin ilabas yung feeding program mula sa mga health center right. at damihan natin yung service provider. So kunyari, pwede bang i-contract ng LG yung mga Karinderia para instead na kailangan pumunta sa center, yung malapit na karinderian lang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pangalawa, it challenges yung traditional or yung conventional natin na notion cap building has to happen from healthcare workers. Kasi ang cap building doon on how to prepare healthy food will be sa mga nanay. Yung mga right. karinderia owner. Yeah. So, it leverages on the social capital of mothers in the community mm-hmm. to be able to teach um uh, the healthy habits of preparing healthy food and then that it's cheap yeah. na, uh, na kaya, kaya kaya natin siya siya gawin. Uh-huh. Eh ano bang ginagawa ng mga nanay habang nag-feeding? Di ba nag-chismisan sila sa labas <laughs> <laughs> ng mga center? So, ayun, might as well make most of the time that they have doon sa karinderia. So those are those are some of the things na you wouldn't prescribe, di ba? Saka Uh-oh. nakakita ng programa na DOH nagpatayo ng bike lane Bakit? Yeah. DOH nagpa-hire ng mga karinderia. Ano mong pakialam nila sa mga, <laughs> sa mga ganyan? Pero yun yung, those kinds of things are what we are interested in for the communities and how we can encourage healthier behaviors. Yeah, that's, oh, that's interesting. Uh, that approach, I think, addresses a whole lot of the problems that I think were overlooked during the pandemic. Uh, yun nga, walang jeepney, walang mga bus, walang train. So how do people get to work? And actually, um, you've mentioned the word active transport a lot and the bike lanes. I think the bike lanes is one of the most 
like recognizable uh, features of active transport for us. But what is active transport actually? Hmm. Uh, essentially, parang we want to promote modes of transport that prioritize people. Right. Okay, so economically, diba? Uh, compared to vehicles, mas marami kang kayang ilagay, i-transport sa, let's say, sa bus, sa right. LRT. And then, when we consider also space, there has to be that provision for people to move na hindi gumagamit din ng mga sasakyan. Right. So, can we can we share that that space no can people have that uh, space in our roads um and if it's backed up by evidence diba why not no lalo na may health benefits right. kasi we also know naman yung yung harms of carbon emissions right right and what i'm really liking about these playbooks is um these are actually non-expensive alternatives diba parang um although yeah, I guess expensive like to own a bike, you know, but you and compared to a car, diba? Yeah. Tapos it also promotes your physical activity. Yung sa healthy calendarias naman, diba? Parang what I really like about that, I guess, is pag yung mga usual feeding programs kasi, diba? Parang very specific lang yung dates na kung kailan siya binibigay, diba? But when you're contracting calendarias to actually give nutritious food. Parang yung supply mo. Diba? Parang it's it's always there, diba? And I really like about what you mentioned about you really capitalizing on the social capital of of the people there, no? Parang ang, ang smart lang no idea for me na ginamit niyo yung knowledge ng mga nana eh to actually promote health, diba? Without even being health worker. Why would you say it's important to take on that type of approach for health? Especially in, you're working at the national government. I feel like that's kind of unconventional that you're you're shifting essentially health from being in the hospital to being outside of the hospital. Um, kasi ito part din ng experience ko from college and during med school na alam mo yung napagaling mo sa hospital only to return them back to the environment that caused the condition in the first place. Yeah. Parang that doesn't make sense eh. Diba? So while we do acknowledge na yes, may role ang therapeutic services in healthcare facilities. Yeah. Paano naman yung iba? Paano yung bago sila magkasakit? Paano yung pagkatapos nila magkasakit? Paano yung mga hindi na gumagaling sa sakit? May mga cancer. Mm-hmm. Yung sabihin, wala nang services for them. So... I think yung transition dun sa, sa health promotion, um, one, allows us to, okay, um, improve health literacy na alam ng mga tao ano yung magpapanatili sa kanilang malusog. Pero pangalawa, it takes away uh, much of the burden for individual behavior. Kasi as a national government, if you focus on what are the environmental changes, uh, nasa sa atin yung resources eh. To make the environment conducive for what we want them to do. Right. So I think yung work ng health literacy, it's always been there. Pero yung work on taking that individual burden from the people and the government has mandate to fund, mandate to scale. I think that's perfect um, synergy of uh, making healthy behaviors easier to do. Um, 
how would you envision a sustainable partnership for health? In terms of sustainable partnerships, I think what worked sa probinsya man or ngayon dito sa central office was a clear definition of where we are going. Mm. Kasi dapat klaro tayong lahat na okay, ito yung kailangan natin gawin. Ngayon, once that is clear, that can be the trigger no, to define the space where we can work together with other people. Right. Okay, so, um, yun yung sinasabi natin na, yes, the problem is complex, but can the solutions, uh, the solutions should not be complicated. How do we make it less complicated? Just by, by showing or discussing together na, okay, these are the possible solutions if we want to get there. Ngayon, dealing with other people, dealing with other partners na meron national government, local government, private sector, civil society. Siyempre, may kanya-kanya silang uh, motivations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you could get people, you, you can get people to sit down together and move in the same direction with a few uh, concessions no, here and there. Para lang makausad tayong lahat towards that same goal. So, I guess that's number two of a, sust- a sustainable partnership is we clearly define the space where we can work together. And number three, once that face space is defined, um, how we can use our existing strengths para uh, accomplish yung kanya-kanya nating role. So for mm-hmm. example, we won't ask our uh, faith-based organizations, diba? yung mga CBCP, uh, NCMF, INC, mm-hmm. we won't tell them to explain the the vaccine na paano gumagana ang ang bakuna. Because yeah. that's not their strength. Mm-hmm. Yung, yung strength nila can be used elsewhere. So, finding that that all of the people willing to work together. Tapos, identifying na, okay, uh, si A, group A is good at this, group B is good at this. Can they contribute on objective one? Right. Group C and D are good at this, can they contribute to objective two? So, so ganun. Um, Sounds easy, but the challenge naman of trying to make that happen is a lot of the things were dynamic. The evidence were changing. Yeah. The policies were uh, very broad, hindi lang siya healthy. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the challenge na when it comes to the changing situations, how do we adapt yung original plan? We need to tweak a bit. So I guess that's Number four, adapting to the changes. We just want to ask you though, out of everything that you've done, everything we shared, I'm sure there's something that you enjoy about work. So what is it that you enjoy most about work? Oh, uh, I think with what we do so public health, kailangan parati kang nagde-discern about the values you stand for. Mm-hmm. Kasi kahit anong hirap pagdadaanan mo, basta klaro sa'yo kung bakit mo ito ginagawa. Eh. Right. Diba? So, ngayon, minsan, yung values na yun kasi, hindi naman siya parang okay, meron kang light bulb moment na lalabas, one, two, three, ito yun. Um, sometimes part of the journey really is struggling and feeling na hindi ko alam ko ano yung gusto ko gawin sa public health, but I know I want to help. Minsan, yeah. minsan okay lang na nandun ka sa space na yun. Um, but over time, 
And as you get exposed to to other people, other organizations, mabubuo yun um, based on what you enjoy, the orgs you've joined, di ba? Yeah. The things you spend time for kahit may exam ka. Yeah. Kahit may tatapusin kang policy, mag, mag-iwan ka ng oras eh. And sometimes, yung gut feel na yun, um, yun yung kailangan mo pakinggan okay. para ma-discern yung values mo. Uh-huh. And second, I think what I enjoy is once those values are are identified, it's helping others realize the role they want to play sa health system natin in a way that is life-giving. Mm-mm. A lot of people, a lot of brilliant people, committed people I know, nag-burn out eh. Kasi para bang sakripisyo na lang lahat yung yeah. pagka nag-public health ka, it's a life of sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Parang ganun yung, yung dating eh. Diba? Tapos, Uh-oh. yung yung pahangit pa doon, minsan yun yung ginaglamorize kasi. Yeah. Na yung mga tao na handang mag-sakripisyo ng buhay nila. <laughs> yeah. eh, pero if you ask any of the people who, who went to that, route, no? They wouldn't think of it as sacrifice. Yeah. Pero what was missing was, I think wala ng space na is this still life-giving for me? Right. And how how would you be able to decide that? Diba? Parang, hindi mo naman yun mapapag-desisyonan ng, ng puro nakalulun ka lang sa trabaho 24-7. Yeah. So you really have to give yourself that space. So how how did that happen? Anong concrete example nun? Nung nasa summer ako, uh, we had students who go on immersion electives. Uh-huh. Ang goal namin sa kanila, mapakita yung, okay, this is therapeutic services, but we also need to look at what can we provide them before they come in when they are sick uh-uh. and after we discharge them. Diba? So, uh, ang goal noon was, hindi na mag-DTTB sila, yeah. hindi na magpunta sila sa mga probinsya sa summer. Yeah. Ang ang goal noon ay eh, makita nila yung kabuuan. Tapos kung ano yung pinipintig ng puso nila. Nang sundan nila, what if ang isa doon ang gusto is something about diagnostics, di ba? Yeah. Very into the technical science of immunology. So, they can do that. It's still part of the work. Yeah. And they know that what they would do contributes Uh, this way sa, sa community to this service and it will be life-giving for them don't feel guilty for choosing what is life-giving for you right, right but for many young Filipinos you know they have a strong sense that they want to help but they don't necessarily know where to start yeah. maybe you have any tips for them to help them navigate that sort of problem Oo. so for example first define sino yung community mo right now. Your community can be your barangay, your school, diba? the orgs you are in. Diba? Um, just continue to engage those communities. And when you are immersed with those communities, uh, makikita mo yung problems. Eh. Makikita mo yung gaps sa healthcare system. Because mm-hmm. no healthcare system is perfect. Diba? Kahit bigay mo lahat ng resources. Sometimes that community can be as simple as your family. Diba? Parang... Uh, kailangan yung role mo ngayon na bago ka magbigay ng sarili mo sa iba sa labas, kailangan buo ka rin, di ba? Kailangan may pag-aalaga. Kindness to self ba? So, pwede ngayon, ang role mo, ikaw ay kapatid, ikaw ay pinsan, ikaw ay anak, o kaya ikaw ay magulang. So, minsan, dun mo lang simulan eh. And then, uh, branch out 
to the bigger community outside of you, the immediate community outside of you. Uh, changes don't have to be malaki agad. Yeah. I think the big changes that uh, revolutionize healthcare are sustained changes. They right. start small, Uh-oh. but they're consistent and they know uh, they, it's very clear who the intervention is for. So you can never go wrong if you start with community because clear na yung intervention is for that community. If you want, if you're a fan of ano, parang adventures, hiking, ganyan, go do it, di ba? Uh, spend your weekends. Tapos makikita mo, the more you do it, um, the more the gaps are are shown, no? they revealed it to you. Pati um, yung ano yung pwede mong gawin for it. Have you open spaces? <laughs> Ponzi, as a final question, no, na mention mo kanina na you really want more um, public health students, no, even med school students and other young professionals to join public health. Um, do you have any advice for those who are interested to work in public health? So, advice is no, take the time to know the values that you want to stand up for. Tapos, once that is defined and clear to you, find the role in the healthcare system that you want to play. Kasi it's important because that role has to be life-giving. It shouldn't be sacrificed. You would, you shouldn't need to have to escape every so often kasi toxic na ng buhay mo. Kasi if, if ganun yung mindset na, okay, I just need a break after three months kasi ang hirap eh. In a sense, di ba? Parang, yung sabihin, there's something wrong. Hindi life-giving yung ginagawa ko ngayon. So, yun. Tapos kung in, in the more immediate term, no, paano ko naman gagawin yun? Find what is life-giving. Um, find uh, your, the orgs you're interested in, advocacies, and the community. Because usually, parang may merong kamayang just na it brings kindred spirits together. Yeah, totoo yan. Kahit di mo na plano. Yeah. Diba? May mga makikilala ka na tutulungan ka dito tapos they will be your work colleagues right, right. and friend lifelong friend I know and yun talaga I think no? I think no, as a final words no? I think yun din talaga yung nagpapastay sa mga tao in public health you know finding that supportive environment kasi at the end of the day the work is not easy especially with the problems that are faced by the communities diba? and the entire health system but when you like the work that you do and you're surrounded with diba, the people who are supportive of you and will help you no matter what, diba? it really makes the work easier. Yep. Amen to that. Oh, Fonsi, I wish we could go on, but that's all the time we have for now. Thank you so much, Fonsi, for joining us here at Public Health on Duty. Yes, yeah, super thank you. And before we forget, of course, course, we have to give you this episode's JQW Book Club Recommendations. Our first book recommendation is entitled Mobilizing the Community for Better Health, What the Rest of America Can Learn from Northern Manhattan by Alan Formicola and Lourdes Hernandez Cordero. It shares the Northern Manhattan experience of community engagement and grassroots dialogues towards the continuous improvement of their primary health care system. In fact, members of the Northern Manhattan community co-authored this piece, sharing their wins, failures, 
and lessons learned. And if you like what Dr. Fonsi is doing and you'd like to learn more about how it's done, we highly recommend checking out Engaging Your Community, a toolkit for partnership, collaboration, and action by Jon Snow, Inc. So this is a fantastic manual that walks you through building strategic partnerships, developing effective outreach strategies, and crafting clear communications. Here, you'll find a wealth of tools such as templates, work plans, and assessment worksheets to help you improve health and social outcomes by fostering local capacities and strengthening awareness and focuses. Best of all, it's fully online, so we'll share the link. Don't worry. So by now, we hope your bookshelves or book lists are loaded with these great reads from Dr. Wong. You can find additional details in the episode description. And that's a wrap for the season. Oh my God. Thank you so much to all our listeners for joining us on this ride. It's been real. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Health on Duty. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Public Health on Duty is a joint production between Epimetrics Inc. and Big Baby Studios. Dr. John Q. Wong is our executive producer. Editing and hosting by Anjali Magdaraog and Martha De La Paz. Our producers are Abigail Tan and Antoinette Mendoza. Sound engineering and original theme music by PV Nicholas. You can find out more about Epimetrics at www.epimetrics.com.ph or at EpimetricsPH on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, this is Martha. And this is Anjali. And thank you for listening to PhD, Public Health on Duty. Bye! Bye.